Hello, this is Jim Walsh, and welcome to my podcast called On Eagle's Wings. In a previous podcast, we spoke of the blessing of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we consider our Lord's message and his confidence in our ability to share it, we are in awe. The importance of this message is such to recognize that the gospel is the only means of salvation for mankind. Our Lord says this quite clearly as recorded in John's Gospel, chapter 14 and in verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. When the apostles then took this message and began to share it, they met opposition. We find in the book of Acts that the religious leaders of their day told them not simply to stop teaching this message, but they imprisoned them for doing it. And when the apostles were out of the prison, they continued to teach that message. And Peter was inspired to say, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. No one else can do what Jesus did. No other means of salvation has been made available. This message then of God's outstanding love, demonstrated by his sacrifice of his son upon the cross for the remission of our sins, is the only message that can lift us up from the problems of this earth and place us upon the path to the heavenly realm to provide redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ is the message of the New Testament for each and every one. In writing to the Romans in Romans chapter 2 and verse 11, Paul reminded us that God is no respecter of persons. His desire is for everyone everywhere, no matter what country, no matter what culture, no matter what age, no matter what skin color, no matter what sex. God wants everyone to be saved, and he sent his son to present that message. What can destroy this message? As we go about sharing it, One thing that sadly we learn is that sometimes we can. Sometimes it's the messenger who can destroy the message. We are reminded in scriptures of the importance of our example to the world. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. My role then is to live a life that honors God, a life that reflects the light of Jesus Christ so that others can be directed to him and glorify his name. Throughout our Lord's Sermon on the Mount, as recorded in Matthew's Gospel, chapters 5, 6, and 7, Jesus reminds us of the importance of our actions, the way that we live. How we act in our own lives in seeking to obey his word, 
how we choose to treat others reflects upon him. He condemns in chapter 6 those who are hypocrites. He condemns in chapter 7 those who are false teachers, reminding us that it is not necessarily what they say, but the fruit which is born from their teaching that determines whether or not they or we are faithful. But Jesus also reminds us that our words can damage our influence, our example. In Matthew 5, verse 37, he said, but let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. We're to speak truthfully. We're not to exaggerate, and certainly we are not to lie. We are to demonstrate our love of the truth by the way we speak. When Peter makes reference to the example of our Lord, he said, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. Our Lord provides the perfect example of how we should live and act towards others. Now, earlier in his epistle, Peter mentioned that not only are people watching us, but in some regard, they're looking for a reason to call us hypocrites. They're looking to use us as the means to negate the message of the gospel. Note what he said in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. He said, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation, now in, in the King James Version, the word conversation just meant your life, the, the way you live, your public self, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles that whereas they speak evil against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or as unto governors, or as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men." as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. The way we live, the way we demonstrate our love for Jesus Christ is seen by people. And if we are not living the way that he teaches we should live, they're going to use that as a means to stand away from the gospel and rebuke and reproach us as those who are hypocrites. The question 
we must answer then is this. Are we giving them a reason to be right? Can they look at what we say and do and demonstrate that it is not as the Lord did or said? And one place this might be the case is with social media. We live in such an incredible age as to think that we can communicate our very thoughts to others around the world in a matter of seconds. And just as marvelous as this is in helping to spread the gospel, Satan, our adversary, knows how to use it, and if we're not careful, to use us as part of his resource in destroying the gospel. I can remember being a teenager in the Air Force back in the mid-70s, and I was stationed overseas in Turkey. And whenever I would write a letter to my parents or my aunt or my, my grandparents, it took several weeks for them to get the letter, to write their letter, and for me to receive any response. It usually took, I would think, about uh, three or four days for the most part for a letter to get back to the States. And even if they sat down that very day and wrote out another letter, because of weekends and, and things like that, letters just seemed to take from the time they were mailed to the time that you received the next one, just about two weeks, maybe a day or two shorter than that. But what that meant was you had to wait. You had to wait for any family news. We did not have TV on the base, and this was in 1975, but we did have a radio station, and that radio station did provide armed forces radio. However, the Turkish government limited the power of the radio station to one watt. Now, you know, a handheld walkie-talkie is five watts, so they limited the power of our radio station to less than what you could get today with a handheld walkie-talkie. And what that meant was that there were some people, a good amount of people on base, that couldn't hear the radio because they were too far from the antenna. And news was precious then. Waiting was hard to do. It's difficult for people in this age of immediate information to understand that. We can get on our cell phones and talk to anyone anywhere. We can get on the internet on our computers or cell phones and communicate our thoughts and images and memes throughout the world. Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and all other places available make it so easy today, but at the same time so dangerous. How? By being lax in our attitude towards others. Social media makes it so that I am united with other people, but I'm actually separated. It provides a means of communicating a message, but it also provides a barrier to understanding. And far too many Christians get cut up in political or religious or societal discussions and allow their emotions to run away with them and say something that they might regret. James reminds us of the power of the tongue, or in this case, the power of the keyboard, to do harm. James chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, James said, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, 
that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. James had earlier given an example of how sin comes about. In James chapter 1, beginning in verse 13 through verse 15, he said, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man, but every man is tempted, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. How do we allow our tongues, or in our modern age, our fingers or our keyboards to get the better of us? Here's some thoughts. One. Do we seek to lift up or cast down? What is our goal in being engaged in social media? Is it to impress people with our thoughts? To have a large following? To get a bunch of thumbs up and likes every time we say something? Or is it to find a means to share the message of the gospel with them? Secondly, do we find ourselves complaining about things? You know, I'm bad about that, and I'll be the first to admit it. And it's one of the reasons I've pulled back on social media. Do we complain? Do we complain about the church? So many want to use social media to point out deficiencies with the church. Is it possible that we're not doing some things that we should do? Yes. Is it possible that we are doing things we should not do? Again, we could say yes to that. I think we all understand our weaknesses. However, we must ask the question, what is the best way to address these? Is it by going on to a site where hundreds or thousands of people may see what you say? Is it by disparaging other Christians by constantly pointing out the things that the church isn't doing or the church should do? Or do the scriptures teach us that if we have aught with a brother or sister, we should go to them privately? What did Jesus say as recorded in Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 15? He said, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let it be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Now, I recognize that this is talking about individual relationships, 
but there's certainly an application thinking about the work of the church that we would go to the elders we would go to the members privately not make it something where everybody in the community is now privileged to know what we believe are the deficiencies in the body of Christ such that they might say to themselves why would I want to have anything to do with those people why not take care of the problems in the way that the Lord says we need to take care of the problems our goal should be to build up the church and not to tear it down our goal should be to build up brethren and not to humiliate them do we have problems yes there are problems everywhere let us seek to remedy those problems in a way that honors and glorifies our Heavenly Father thirdly do we find ourselves constantly in discussions where we allow our emotions to get the better of us maybe we make wild accusations about other people's motives maybe we express generality such that they always or they never the fact of the matter is I do not know what you're thinking any more than you know what I'm thinking and only the Lord knows what is truly in our hearts John records in John chapter 2 verses 24 and 25 but Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man for he knew what was in man this is not to say that it's wrong to disagree with people and it's not to say that we should not discuss the scriptures with people on social media and it is not to say that we should not use the scriptures to rebuke those who teach error but it is to suggest that assuming motives is wrong one can be teaching error simply because they don't know the truth and then when they learn the truth they will change but if we impugn their motives we may harm them and place a barrier before the truth that will keep them from obeying yes I know the Lord called out the religious leaders of his day and he called them hypocrites but again I believe it was because he knew what they were thinking let us teach what the Lord teaches with regards to the gospel let us share it and let us be cautious about our use of social media in allowing it to flatter us with followings or weaken us in our desire to serve him for the honor and glory that he deserves. Let us speak the truth. Let us teach the gospel. Let us help others to see the Lord by letting his light shine in us. Thank you so much for listening to On Eagle's Wings. This is Jim Walsh. I hope you have a wonderful day.